Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Uh, good morning, Blaze Church. If you don't know me, my name is Joe, and I have the privilege to be speaking with you this morning and continuing our series called Sunday School Bible Stories for Grownups. In this series, we're trying to make sense of some of the wild stories that you read about in the Old Testament of the Bible. And I've personally been enjoying this series a lot because I grew up in the church. I heard a lot of these stories as a kid, but it's really amazing to see it at a whole new perspective. And today, as we continue, I want to break the rules a little bit because, I mean, I have the mic at this point. There's really not much you can do. Um, <laughs> Because I have some regrets. You see, in, in 2022, we did a series called Christmas at the Movies. It was a really cool series where we looked at Christmas movies. We found God's truth in them. And I preached on Home Alone 2, which is a great film. But I couldn't help but ask myself, what if I did one of my other favorite films, Jingle All the Way? This is a classic movie that I like to watch every year. Um, and you're probably wondering at this point, why are you bringing up a Christmas movie in February? And, and it's, a great, it's a great question. But you see, this movie has a particular scene in it that is very dramatic, very touching, and I think it sets the stage for our conversation this morning really well. And if you aren't familiar with the film, it's about a workaholic father who forgot to get his son the hottest new toy for Christmas. But instead of spending his precious few days off from work with his family, he goes on this wild goose chase trying to look for this toy in hopes that that is going to give the approval that his son needs. And throughout the movie, he makes a number of different promises. And through those promises, he keeps breaking them until it comes to this boiling point and that's what I want to show you today. So I'd like to play one clip from Jingle All the Way. So I think we've all been there in Jamie's situation before. Disappointment, broken promises. And maybe we've been there as the promise breaker or maybe as the promise breakee. But I think we can all relate to this on some level. And of course, it's not always going to be like this. It's super fulfilling to follow up on your promise or to see someone follow through on theirs. But maybe for you this morning, you're feeling distrustful. You're feeling hurt from a broken promise in your life. Maybe you were promised that you would be with your spouse forever and then they left. Or maybe you were promised that your business partner would hold up their end of the deal and then you were taken advantage of. Or maybe you were promised by someone that you confided in that it was going to be kept between you and them until it wasn't. We live in a world where promises are everywhere. They're whispered by loved ones. They're spoken to by friends. They're shouted from billboards and yet they can often be broken and fleeting. 
But I don't want us to feel discouraged this morning because amidst all of this is an unshakable rock, a constant that we can truly hold on to, the promise of God's word. God promised Abraham his descendants would multiply as the stars in the sky, and they did. He promised Israel he would deliver them out of Egypt from slavery, and he did. And he promised the Israelites a home, the promised land. And that's where I want to pick up on this morning with the story in the Old Testament. But first, you might be asking, why should this matter to me? Why should this matter to us? Well, why does clinging to God's promises fill us with such hope, such peace? Well, because within each promise lies a deeper truth, the unwavering love of our creator. When we accept Jesus, which was the greatest promise of all, we step into a relationship founded on grace. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And just as God led the Israelites through the wilderness, he guides us step by step towards the ultimate fulfillment of all of his promises, the return of his son and the restoration of all things. So let's dive in. We're going to be reading out of Joshua 6 today about one of God's promises he made to the Israelites. In the Old Testament, the Israelites were God's chosen people, set apart from others. And unfortunately, they made a lot of bad past decisions to do things in their own way instead of God's way. So for 40 years, they've been wandering in the wilderness with no place to call home because of their disobedience. But now 40 years has passed, and it's now time for them to enter the promised land. And part of the promised land was being occupied by a people called the Canaanites. Say Canaanites. The Canaanites were not very good people. They turned their back fully to God. And on top of that, They were doing extreme sexually immoral practices and even child sacrifice. And they fortified themselves in a land called Jericho, a land that God had promised to the Israelites. So now Joshua is facing a situation where God has promised this land, but they are now facing Jericho and the Canaanites. So let's dive into verse 1 of Joshua chapter 6. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. So the Canaanites knew about Israel. They, they knew they were coming. And they completely fortified themselves to the point where they were not letting anybody go in and out of the city gates. And Jericho was surrounded by these massive, impenetrable walls that protected it. Well, now Joshua and his people are in a bit of a predicament. What do they do? Well, the Lord speaks to Joshua, and he says something that I thought was amazing. Continuing in verse 2, 
It says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. Now, if you read that quickly, you may not catch something. Did you notice how the Lord told Joshua this information? He did not say, Joshua, I will deliver Jericho into your hands. God's already speaking in the past tense. He says, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. And this is the first thing that I want us to take away about this story and about God's promises, is that God's promises have purpose. Proverbs 19.21 says, You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Now, if you know me, I'm a little bit of a control freak. I'll be the first to admit it. I got to control the volume on the TV. I got to control the itinerary on vacation. I'm navigating in the car. The list goes on and on. And maybe you know this person. Maybe you are this person. Well, no matter how much I plan, no matter how much you plan in advance, God's purpose is always going to prevail. And we're reminded in God's word that he sees a bigger picture. He sees beyond what we can see. The psalmist speaks of this in Psalm 90, verse 4. He says, For you, a thousand years are as a passing day, as brief as a few night hours. One commentary I read about this verse, they said, Time has no relation to God. It does not exist for him. Therefore, we must not judge his methods of working by our own. What are you so worried about this morning that God has already figured out? That God has already said in past tense, I've already solved that problem. What would it do to your soul if you started to speak in past tense language? God has already restored my estranged relationship. God has already brought this loved one to Christ. God has already found the right path after high school. God has provided already everything that I've needed to live. I encourage you to thank God in past tense in your prayers. Thank God for giving the peace that we already have through him. God's promises have purpose. And we see in this story that God's methods are unique. Here's what God tells Joshua to do in order to win the battle for Jericho. Joshua 6, starting in verse 3, he says to Joshua, March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Joshua is told by the Lord that he will be victorious by essentially walking. Now, this is my type of battle. I don't have to do combat, which is great. Secondly, I'm hitting my step counts on my Fitbit. I mean, it, it, sounds, like a, it sounds like a pretty good plan. But, but all jokes aside, 
Put yourself in Joshua's shoes. You're told that in order to win this city with impenetrable walls, you should march around it once a day, go home, relax, until it's the seventh day, then go on a little marathon seven times, and Jericho is just going to be decimated. This couldn't have made sense to everyone there at this time. I know I would immediately look at those instructions with a little skepticism. Imagine you were going for a job interview and you were told to do a river dance around the business and then you get the job. <laughs> it, it, it takes some serious belief. Which brings me to my second takeaway is that God's promises require faith. This is also talked about in the New Testament in Hebrews 10 verse 23. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. See, the people of Israel in the past, they saw what it looked like when they didn't put their full faith into God. They saw it looked like when they said, we can handle it. It got them nowhere. It got them wandering for 40 years in the wilderness. And then God so graciously is now calling them again, trust me, put your full faith in me again. And this is after they turned their backs, after they ignored him. They need to put their faith in God's plan fully. And maybe this morning you're facing a situation where you feel like you're all by yourself, where you're thinking, I can handle it with faith in my own self, my own understanding, my own abilities. God says we're called to faith. Proverbs 3 Verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. We're called to faith in times of uncertainty, in times of need, in all of the battles in our life. When we're in those moments of crisis, when we're in that moment where we need to make a decision through our relationships, our finances. Faith in the promise of God is essential. Maybe you're going through something like this today. Ask yourself, is your faith in God's promises? His promises of peace, strength, rest, providence, salvation. Maybe today for you, your faith is on shaky ground. Well, Joshua's story should encourage us. Because imagine the Israelites. What do you think they were thinking when they started this journey of walking day by day? Because they, they may have wanted to stop on day four. But God's plan calls for perseverance. And we see that in the story of Joshua. Which brings me to my final takeaway about God's promises God's promises always prevail. Let's see how Joshua and the people of Israel follow through. Joshua 6, 20 through 21 says, When the trumpets sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, 
sheep, and donkeys. God's promise was fulfilled to Joshua and the Israelites. But keep in mind something specific about this story. Because in the Old Testament, this is a point in history where God is a king of a specific set of people, Israel, and he uses these people as an instrument to accomplish his judgment in a sinful world. As stated earlier, the Canaanites were practicing disgusting and twisted things. And God did not want them to influence Israel down the wrong path. But we're given a new promise, a promise that Joshua did not know about at the time. Just as Joshua and his people were facing the walls of Jericho, we were facing a huge debt, the debt of our sins, which should have led us to death. But in an unbelievable act of grace, God promised salvation to the entire world, and it was fulfilled by his son, Jesus. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Jesus, fully God, fully man, lived out a sinless life here on earth, died a gruesome death in order for us to freely know God. The Gospel Transformation Bible talks about Joshua's situation and says this, just as Yahweh triumphs over Jericho on behalf of his people as they look on, so Jesus triumphs over Satan on our behalf as we look on. Our salvation was won for us, and we didn't have to lift a finger to do it. We simply walk into this new life with Jesus. Sally Lloyd-Jones writes about Jericho and says, so it was that God's people entered their new home, and they didn't have to fight to get in. They only had to walk. Can we celebrate this morning how amazing God is, how his grace is just boundless? Maybe right now you're losing faith in the promise keeper. Like Joshua and his people, you're on day four. You're on day five. You feel like you've been walking and walking and walking with no change. You're tired. Well, Jesus says, find rest in him. Jesus speaks about this in Matthew 11. Starting in verse 28, he says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. The scripture invites us this morning to walk with Jesus. But first, you need to go to him. You need to pray. You need to talk about your situations to God. You ultimately need to surrender them to him. And just like Joshua and the Israelites didn't give in, 
I encourage you this morning, what you said to your neighbor earlier, don't stop walking. Don't stop walking in your time with Jesus. We're called to confident faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We've been given our marching orders from God to have confidence in him, even when we don't see him, even when we don't see that the walking we're doing is doing anything. God says, put your full faith and confidence in the promise keeper. I want to invite the band back up. And as I close, I want to remind you that God's promises have purpose. They require your full faith. And they ultimately always prevail. In our lives, we may encounter someone like Howard from the movie or someone in our life who doesn't always keep their promises. But God's word clearly shows us that his promises are always kept. This morning, I want to invite those who have never put their face, faith in the promise keeper, who have never said, Jesus, I surrender it all to you, who have never put their full faith in God to come to Jesus, to walk with him, to find rest, to find peace in him. If that's you this morning, as a sign of surrender, would love, whether you're here or online, just to put a hand up and say, Jesus, yes, I am ready to give my life to you. And I want to say a prayer together as a whole church to give an opportunity to those who want to accept God, who want to accept Jesus into their heart. Repeat after me, dear Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give it up for those who gave their life to Christ this morning? If you're here and you did that for the first time, we'd love to meet you at our welcome home table, give you a Bible, give you your next step in your journey with Jesus. I want to close out in prayer for, for those who are feeling like they've, they've had too many broken promises in their lives. They've had too many people say one thing and do another. They feel that they can't trust again. They feel hurt I want to say a prayer for those who are out there to know that God will not let you down. He has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. Father God, we thank you that we can come together as one church family and learn about your son and learn about what you did with Joshua and to be encouraged and to be emboldened by the faith that they had the perseverance that they had. They did not stop walking, Lord. They put their full trust in you because you are a promise keeper. And we may be in a period of time where we're not seeing it happen, but you see beyond time. You see the bigger picture of our lives. And we trust, we trust you, Lord, that you are going 
to guide our paths. We pray this in your son, Jesus.